Welcome if this is, this is your first time. Um, it's great to have you. This is the last in our, session, um, our series. We've been thinking about how to grow in Christ-likeness, moving forward in Christ-likeness. Um, we've considered all sorts of different things. Um, and tonight we're going to be thinking about the church. What role does the church have in our moving forward and getting to know Christ and being like him? Let's pray and then we'll think about what the Bible has to say. Lord God, thank you so much for the reality of your presence here today. You are not far off. You are here. You are near. You are very real, very active, full of power. Lord, we want to change. We perhaps can all recognize that we're not what we should be. And when we look at Jesus, we see someone so perfect, so wonderful. We long to be like him. Thank you that you, near, close, powerful, you can work in us to make us like him. We praise you for everything you've taught us over the last eight weeks, seven weeks. Thank you for the truths, many truths in the Bible. Lord, I pray that those things would really stick, really make their way into our daily lives. I pray tonight that you would really transform our view of each other. Thank you for the church. Thank you for this church family that we're all a part of. Thank you that you have given us each other to help each other move forward in Christ-likeness. So I pray that even tonight, just the things that are said around the table, just being here with each other, not just being alone by ourselves, would change everything for our walk with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Those of you who were here at the beginning, I want you to... Uh, rewind your mind back to Chloe Carefree. I don't know if you remember Chloe Carefree. If you weren't here, I'll remind you about her. Um, Chloe Carefree was this Christian imaginary person uh, that we thought about who, when it came to thinking about change and becoming more like Christ, she she had a carefree attitude to life. She um, had God's forgiveness. She knew she was going to heaven. But the whole change, obedience thing, it just didn't really matter. She's just kind of waiting for heaven. Anyway, she's been doing this really great series in her small groups um, at church about moving forward in Christ-likeness, and it's really changed how she sees things. Um, now she knows that Jesus saved her to live for him, not to live for herself anymore. Um, she's grown to understand the problem is not just in the, the heat, in her circumstances, um, she's grown to understand that she produces fruit in her life, but, uh, reactions, and then she's learned from the Bible to trace that down to her heart. Things she loves and values and believes that realizing she has a heart problem, that God can transform our hearts. Christ, by his grace, through the gospel, by the power of the Spirit, through the Bible, she can be changed and have good fruit when those hard times come and the heat comes. And you know what? She's been praying with a focus group. She's been convicted about her pride. She didn't realize, but man, she's always thinking about herself. So much of her negativity in life is is because of always thinking about herself and thinking that she's kind of Lord, not Jesus. Anyway, so she's been thinking about folding the page in two like we did last week and applying the gospel, thinking about it and speaking it into her heart, that kind of thing. So she leaves Glow Focus on Wednesday night, on whatever day it is today, and off she goes. And um, she's, she's just really, she's really going for it. You know, day after day, she's, she's praying about this, about 
change, about, Lord, help me move forward, change my heart. She, she decides she's going to read a book on pride. She's going to read a book on pride. Um, she's learning to listen to her heart in, in the good way of listening to your heart, um, to, to figure out what am I thinking and feeling, and why am I behaving how I do. Anyway, a few weeks and months pass, and that focus series seems a long time ago. Um, she's now, she's, she's aware of her pride, but doesn't seem to have the same, well, she doesn't seem to be making progress, which is really, really frustrating her. And um, she was reading that book about pride. She didn't make it past chapter three, because no one makes it past chapter three of Christian books, generally. Um, so she does want to move forward, but she, she doesn't feel the same kind of commitment she did when she was in the, you know, the series, thinking about it, praying about it intensely. And, um, she just feels like she's kind of back to square one, really. So my question to you is, as you think about what Chloe Carefree is doing, who does she think she needs to keep moving forward in Christ-likeness? Who does she think she needs? Basically, she thinks she needs herself. This is her attitude. I need myself. And this is the first mistaken approach we can make to going out from here and living this out. I need myself. This is about my personal relationship with Jesus, so I need to go away now and just like just do this. But Chloe's found that I just need myself isn't working for her a few months later. So she has an idea. I know what I need. I need one of the church leaders to help me. They're basically professional Christians. Um, so they'll give me what I need to move, keep moving forward. So she gets on the phone to Linda, Jonty's wife. Linda, can we meet up? And she meets for a few weeks with Linda. And it's great. And she, she gets so much encouragement from Linda. And Linda inspires her and prays with her. She shares her experience and her expert Bible insights. Linda reminds her, keep reading your Bible. And Linda's so good at asking questions about the heart, which is what we were learning about. She just really gets in there. And after seven weeks or so, Linda says that it's time for them to stop meeting every week. What? But why, Chloe thinks, I need you. There's no one else in the church who can do or say what you do. This has got me moving forward in in Christ-likeness again. You can't do this to me, Linda. So Chloe used to think she just needed herself. But she learns that she's learned that's not true. But now she thinks she needs the professionals, as it were. The leaders, that's what she needs. And this is the second mistake we can make. To think, I need the the professional Christians. If she can have direct access to them, then she'll move forward. That's what she needs. But now she's been cut loose. What does this mean for her? But then Chloe remembers what she learned in the final week of... (laughs) Uh, Globe Focus series, and she turns to Ephesians 4. Go there. Okay? She reads Ephesians 4, and it changes how she views things. Page 1175. She's tried going it alone, and that's not worked. She's um, had real help from church leaders, but knows she can't kind of keep that up forever. So what happens? Ephesians 4, verse 7, page 1175. Paul says, To each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, When he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. 
what does he ascended mean, except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions. That's Jesus dying, uh, coming down and dying. He was descended to... Um, he who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Chloe reads that and realizes, I've been getting it all wrong. I don't just need myself. I don't even just need direct leader access all the time. To keep growing in Christ's likeness, I need the church. She realizes, I am needy and I am needed. The biblical approach is that we need each other. So let's see what she learned in Ephesians. Let's think more about this. So Paul's vision here in Ephesians 4 is very much for for Christ-likeness, isn't it? And he uses the image of um, Christ's body growing. He's the head. He talks a lot about maturity and that kind of thing. Have a look at um, verse 12. Um, So that the body of Christ may be built up until we reach unity in the faith and knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. Do you see, it's all very moving forward in Christ-likeness language, isn't it? Maturity, body growing, that kind of thing. So that's our goal. That's what we're about, Christ-likeness. But how does it happen, according to Paul? Or rather, who makes it happen? Well, Chloe discovered it takes the whole church to grow the whole church. Have a look at verse 7. To each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. That is why it says when he ascended on high, that is when Jesus ascended, he took many captives. That's us, by the way. That's a good thing. You know, he won us and gave gifts to his people. She reads that and she realizes she needs you. She needs everyone else and everyone else needs her because that tells us that Christ has given grace to each one of us. Oh, except you. No, no, (laughs) no. To each one of us, grace has been given. These gifts by Christ. Not just the professionals. There's no such thing as the gifted few in the church. There's the gifted you. And then she reads verse 11. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Okay, so this is where the church leaders do come in. We have our place. Um, So you have the original apostles, people like Paul, and then you have now prophets, evangelists, and pastors, teachers. But notice their job isn't to personally coach every single Christian through their entire lives. What is their job? Verse 12. He gave um, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip his people 
for works of service. Church leaders equip church to do things. And then that's when the growth happens. Um, equips people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we reach unity in the faith, etc., etc., maturity. So let me spell it out. There's a very clear order. Christ gives leaders, leaders equip church members, church members serve each other with their gifts. Then we move forward in Christ-likeness. That's when maturity happens. Only when the whole church gets serving the whole church does Christ-like maturity happen. Verse 15 pretty much says the same thing. It talks about, um, and Chloe's reading this and it's blowing her mind like it's blowing yours. Um, Verse 15, instead speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect mature body of him who's the head that is Christ. So maturity and growth comes when, what happens? Verse 15, when we speak the truth in love. Not just the leaders who speak truth, when everyone speaks truth with an attitude of love. Verse 16 pretty much says the same thing. Um, From Christ, the whole body, joined and held together by every sporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love. Do you see that? As each part does its work. Paul just says the same thing over and over again. We all grow in Christ when we build ourselves up as the body, and that means every part does its work. That means every one of you. So it's not I need myself, it's not I need the professionals, as it were, it's we need each other. Okay, let's think about Chloe's life. What does it look like? Months after this series and focus is finished, how is she pursuing Christ-likeness? Well, she's doing it actively with the church. She can't keep moving forward on her own. She can keep moving forward with the church and she can help others move forward. And I really want to give you a vision for that tonight. Maybe you're thinking a lot about how can I, how can I grow? I want you to think tonight about how can you help others grow as well? Here's the big, the big takeaway I want for you tonight. You are needy and you are needed. I want you to remember that. You are needy and you are needed. So some of us are going to finish this focus series and we're, we're going we're gonna to go for it. We're resolved, but we're going it alone. We don't like being needy. Ooh, don't like to call myself needy. We don't like admitting that we need help or can't just make progress on our own. I've got my Bible and I've got the Spirit. Off I go. Let me ask you, what makes you think you don't need others? What makes you think you're stronger than the rest of us who need others? You need to hear, perhaps tonight, you are needy. You need people. What does this look like? Well, it might mean meeting up with someone regularly to pray. It might be just get to know your focus group better. Uh, Not just have friends in church, but um, seeking out people who are going to help you and pray for you in life. But it also means things, simple things like keep coming to church. <laughs> keep coming to church. Every Sunday matters. Because that's where you get equipped by the pastor teachers' sermons to then go and live works of service and help each other. So keep coming to church. So let me ask you, can you step up in some way seeking out other people who will love you and care for you and walk with you? What steps can you take towards getting more support? 
more prayer, more people speaking truth to you. But it takes two to tango. I wouldn't know. I've never tangoed. But um, it's a thing we say. Um, Because some of you might actually hear me say all this about seeking the church's help to grow. And you might think, I've tried. I've tried tried engaging more with people. I've tried growing relationships at church. And I've just got nowhere. Because we could do this better. Globe Church. Some of us at Globe Church will feel like we're really well supported. You know, you, I'm saying all this and you're like, yeah, I've got people speaking truth into my life and I, I have that. We've got relationships that are deep. There's a lot of speaking the truth and love going on. But some of us, do, that is not our experience at the Globe Church because it's hard getting to know people. We feel like everyone already has those relationships. I, I can't possibly break in. So Globe Church, we need to hear we are needed you are needed. Are you available? Are you available to people? Ephesians teaches that every one of us in this room have gifts of grace that other people in this room need. Every one of us can speak truth to each other in love. We can point each other to Jesus. We can offer to pray with each other. Very simple, nothing complicated. You might think, I have got nothing to offer other people. Ephesians says that's wrong. You do. To each one of us, grace has been given. Accept your name. No, no, no. Including you. Let me say to you, Christ has given you something that other people need. Given who you are, your characteristics, a prayer you can give, something encouraging you can say, an arm around a shoulder, a dinner table. And I wonder if um, you've noticed something over the last eight weeks as we've been doing this. Um, because I'm one of your pastor teachers. And this whole series has been me trying to equip you, the saints, for works of service. You might get to the end of this series and th- think, ah, I expected to have like nailed my sin by now. And this series was meant to fix everything. Actually, that, that wasn't the aim of this, though. I hope there's been some progress. Actually, now, I don't know if you've noticed, but I've been trying to equip you with biblical thinking about how to change and equipping you to now go and do it and help each other. So now you can meet up with each other and talk about heat. You know, what's going on in your life that's causing this kind of reaction or whatever's going on. You can talk about fruit. You can talk about what's your heart response. You can pray about that, those Proverbs things about guarding your heart above all else. You can try and apply gospel truth to your situation. You can fold the page in half like we learned last week. So these talks and these studies are not the main thing to make you grow. I've been trying to equip you to now go and help each other grow. That's the plan. That's what Ephesians 4 said I should be doing, so I'm trying. But that's not going to happen. If we try and go it alone or we think we need the professionals, you've got to know that you are needy and you, 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 you are needed. So I want to encourage you in church life. Friendship groups are great, but watch out for cliques. Look around on a Sunday. Look around your focus group. Who could you take a step towards to bless them? It might feel odd to think, they need me. (laughs) We kind of discourage that way of thinking generally. But I want to encourage you to think, my group needs me. If you ever think, shall I come on a Wednesday? Ah, my group won't notice. No, your group needs you. 
To rephrase JFK, ask not only what your focus group can do for you, <laughs> but also what you can do for your focus group. <laughs> and on that. <laughs> and it's when we get it's when we get this that you won't just take one step forward in Christ likeness, but lots and lots and lots of steps forward for years to come. That's my prayer and vision for this series, and that's my prayer for you now. So let me pray for you um, and for this church, and then we'll keep thinking about, okay, how can we help each other? That's what your study is about. Let's pray. Lord God, your plan for the church is brilliant. It's way better than what we would come up with. It's way better than how we often live. Lord, forgive us for those times when we think we can do it on our own and we think we've got all this power and genius, but we are so needy, every single one of us, because our hearts are so deceitful above all things. We're so sick with sin. And you just put people around us who you've poured grace and gifts on to help us and serve us. And I just thank you for every single person in this room. And beyond that, everyone in our church family, everyone who meets on a Thursday night for Focus as well. Lord, I pray that we, there wouldn't be one person who we th- look at in this room and think, oh, I don't need you. But you died for every single person. You've given the Spirit to every single person. You've given them gifts that we need. Words that they can build us up with. Thank you for the truth that we know, that the prayers we can pray for each other. Thank you for each other. This life is hard enough as it is. It would be even harder if we were on our own. Thank you that we're not on our own. We have you and we have each other. And I really pray, Lord, we long that we would experience this more as a church. Thank you for the way we do experience family and speaking truth to each other. But please, 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 Lord, we long for more. I pray for these these individual focus groups especially to be able to take deeper steps together, to love, to care, to step forward in Christ-likeness together. And we pray that would happen right now as we uh, think about what you have to say in Galatians, that there we would learn more about how we can be just like Christ in helping each other grow to be like him. We ask this in Jesus' name and we rely on the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.